Hey there, welcome to the show. Wow, you know what? I can't believe it. Christmas is upon us, and you know what? We are closing out the year, and uh, you know, it is our final show of the year, and I gotta tell you, I am very, very excited about this one. So much to talk about today, and uh, hey, by the way, you know what? I just wanna make sure everybody's aware. Our simple podcast is live on our YouTube channel. You don't want to miss. Make sure you go to the Simple Investor YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe. Um, I'm going to make sure that throughout uh, 2024, you are given all the information that you're going to need. In fact, um, we're going to be doing you know a full show uh, through the Simple Podcast. We're going to be uh, you know a little bit uh, a little bit more activated on this one. I, I'm really excited, and of course. I can't do these shows unless I have the right people with me. And, you know, this year and in previous years, you know that we've done the Real Estate Talk Triangle. And I thought, you know what, for our final show of the year, I figured that we should probably get the best two panelists, guests, friends, you know, knowledgeable people in the industry to join me. And that is none other then I've got Tim Sirianos in-house today. Tim, of course, is the broker owner of Remax Ultimate. You all know him. You know, Tim's been a huge voice of reason, understanding, you know, giving us political insight. Tim is, I would say, probably one of the best brokers I have ever met. Hey, listen, everybody at Remax Ultimate, you are very, very lucky to be part of Tim's team. And I know that's how he, how he looks at it. He always looks as a team member to every single person. It doesn't matter what position you hold. And you know he is the former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board. We won't hold that against him. We know when that was. And of course, he was a former director at the Canadian Real Estate Association. And you know what? Again, you know it's not the talk triangle, but I couldn't do the final show of the year without Dave Butler, that's right, the name you know and trust in mortgages. Dave Butler's also here, and he's the guy that, you know what, if there's a number I need to know, if there's something that's going on in the markets, then he's the guy that I go to. So we know exactly what's going on, and guys, this is it. This is our final show of the year. Wow, where did the year go? Just in a blink of an eye. That was... Uh... That was fast. It felt rough, though. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, if it didn't, it didn't like it went by fast, but it was like it didn't feel like it was without its bumps, right? So. Oh yeah, um, it was wavy, wasn't it? <laughs> it was yeah, it's been wavy. It's been wavy, actually. Yeah, has been wavy. It's been wavy. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so so here we are. We're winding down 23, and there's all sorts of predictions. You know, people are making, and hey, by the way, if you really want to know where to get the best predictions, it'd be right here in-house. Uh, you know, the Simple Podcast, I'm going to continue to you know, scream out my predictions. Oh, by the way, which is kind of funny, I just recently got one right. Um, <laughs> when we, instead of reporting it, we predicted, of course, Bank of Canada. That was a no-brainer, Dave. Uh, you know, saying the ban Bank of Canada was going to hold Pat. Um, you know, I don't think they really had a choice but you know what um in, in in your case i i would say that now we have to start looking into 24 and what's going to happen yeah i mean you know we you called it i mean it was and, and in fairness we even kind of i think when we were talking on the last show we talked about how they're probably still going to use some hawkish language keep insinuating that if inflation rises they're gonna you know they're ready to increase rates you know i wonder if that was just kind of a a, a bit of a play a kind of a way to manipulate us but yeah look january meeting is going to be interesting because and this is a big one 
it's one of few times where you're actually gonna have two CPI reports that come out before the next Bank of Canada meeting. So if you remember, we had, you know, we just had the Bank of Canada meeting in December. We don't get the CPI report until the following week. Then the other CPI report that comes out in January that's gonna be reflective of December's data comes out before the Bank of Canada. So this is huge because the Bank of Canada is actually gonna have a lot of data to go off. And if we as Canadians keep seeing inflation coming down, I think we'll all naturally be able to predict what's likely gonna happen. <laughs> Gotta be careful with predictions. So Tim, you know, Tiff Macklin, of course, he turned around and I think he wants to keep people in check, but you know, I think, you know, was it his ego, you know, warning Canadians that, oh, you know, if uh, if we feel a little bit of pressure, you know, we might uh, we might do a quarter point increase. I mean, you know, there is no there. I don't think there's any bullets left in the chamber. You know, it's uh, ego is is, you know what? I, I just think he has to be very careful with what he says and he wants to have. Um, he wants to show confidence to everybody who's been watching that he's been doing the right thing. Right. So. Everybody that we've spoken to, Dave, we've been here now several months talking about the same thing. There's no question they've overshot. There's no doubt in our minds that we have room, right? Like they've really gone above and beyond what they should have gone, to, you know, when it comes to interest rates. So the idea that there's even a chance of it going up in January to me is like non-existent. Like I'm willing to on the show say that January will not have an increase. And once you get to number four months, of yep. no increases now and we're entering a spring market and listen i don't know if it's my daughters who got me the t-shirt that says let it snow somewhere else <laughs> um because they know my style when it comes to winters i'm not a very big fan um but if we do continue to you know have temperature i remember past years in real estate when if it hasn't snowed the way it's supposed to if we don't go into that deep freeze and we do have what they're predicting to be a warmer start to 2024 well i say warmer not just weather wise i'm going to say warmer real estate wise as well yep. yeah well you know it's funny you bring up snow you know being being a former member of canada's national ski team i um i like the snow i, I embrace <laughs> it right and and quite frankly you know when i when i once upon a time was a realtor you know i actually enjoyed the snow i always thought you know it just makes it a little harder to put the for the for sale sign up but it sure made you feel good about a sold sign and when there was still snow on the absolutely ground. You know, so Dave, you know, one of the, one of the things that I think that if we can, you know, we'll, we'll put the Bank of Canada to rest in a few minutes, but you know, we may as well talk about what happened in 23. You know what, out of the gate, you know, they, they, they continued to apply pressure and then, then they took their foot off the gas and then just for fun, they put it back on the gas, you know, come the summertime. It was really the tale of multiple markets this year. And we can thank the Bank, Bank of Canada for that. Yeah. And I mean, if you go back to what Tim just said in terms of, you know, this potentially could be an active or interesting spring summer market, let's go back and look. You're off the heels of a 4% total increase in 2022. Another increase in, in January, as you allude to, hit the pause button uh, in the March meeting and then the April meeting. Uh, wait, yeah, March and then April. And then we get the increase. But let's go back. Tim, Todd, we remember what was happening in the spring this year. Off those two pauses, we actually saw what I thought was a pretty interesting spike in leads, applications, activity. And then, of course, the June, July, you know, it, those increases seem to suck the, the wind out of the sales. But if we are going into now this year, not on a December increase, not on a January increase, not on a, like a, now a pause, it's if we maintain this pause, 
And then, you know, and we talked about it before the show, if we start hearing a dovish talk by the Bank of Canada going into maybe the March meeting, Todd, your, our, your, our bet may end up, you may win the bet if there's an April reduction. <laughs> Let, let's, let's share, let's share the, uh, the bet. And by the way, I am going to, I'm definitely going to post it on our simple podcast <laughs> and, and I'm going to have my participants in it. So here is what the bet is. So Dave and I are both of the opinion that in 2024, and it's, it's a kind of a no brainer at this point, it, it's an afterthought, but that interest rates will start coming down. You know, there's really no choice in this. So what we decided to do is we throw a bet when, and I had said, look, I believe, and this was, this was even, uh, I think we, several, was several like, months ago, yeah, fall. So, several months ago, I said, I believe April, May, we will see at least a quarter point reduction. You then countered and said, well, you know what? I think it's going to be June or July. So um, being tequila drinkers, you know, we decided that we may as well push the envelope yep. and say, "Look, it, let's let's make it Grand Patron, which for let's get a good know, one for let's people that, that one, are yeah. like tequila, it's, it's a nice bottle." And the idea here is that you know Dave brings one over here to the studio, <laughs> you know, and if not, I got to have it waiting for him if he's right. So now I know Tim did get in on the action. I'm and, the real winner here. Yeah, because yeah, he gets a shot either way, right? Exactly. But, but the, absolutely. But the truth is. You know, so Tim, Tim was actually kind of in, in, in my court. He, you know, yep. he did throw out, hey, you know, April, uh, he believes April, May. Look, you so guys, it's two against one. Um, April, so, May. You guys are very confident in Tiff making the right decision, and I applaud you for that. I just <laughs> simply think he's going to make the wrong decision. He's going to wait too long. And then I end up getting a nice free bottle of tequila. That's see, well, with, with a few shots short. A couple because, shots. <laughs> but you see, well, it, it, and it's a, it's a valid, you know, it's a valid assessment because of what the Bank of Canada has done in the past, mm -hmm. right? And, and we all know, looking into history, we're kind of hoping that, you know, obviously, you know, we, we, we take the glow stick and we shake it a little bit more than usual just to get the light on, right? Because that's what we need. We need... Right now, and I think coming into January, I think if there's one thing that we can scream out to um, all the major banks, you know, that have influence on this, all the economists, I think what you have to do now is shed the true light on the numbers. As Tim had mentioned, you know, he said, look, they overshot. They're agreeing they overshot, but take a look at actually the repercussion of the overshot. Like, like, look, at this is, this has been, you know, obviously devastating, for for so many, um, Tim. When we come back, I'm, I need your take on the spring market because it was funny. I remember you strutting in here in April, you know, thinking we're we're there, we're 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 coming alive. It's like you know, it's like there's a <laughs> yes, saving, I did. There's a saving here. So hey, listen. By the way, as I mentioned, you know, um, this being the final show of the year, um, I want to make sure that everybody knows that you can follow us on Instagram, the Simple Investor One, because I'm going to keep you know, putting out all our posts and you can also hop on our YouTube channel, the simple investor and make sure you catch our newest and latest simple podcast. You know what? It's basically uncensored. It's a lot of fun. You know, I will continue to have great guests like Dave and Tim join me on the simple podcast. And of course, you know what? Always we are going to have new releases here at The Simple Investor. You don't want to miss out, out on those. Lots of great opportunities as we look towards 24 as being the year of recovery and actually really focusing on real estate. So when we come back, we'll have more. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. So, 
You know what, being the final show of the year, you know, we keep looking at what happened in 2023. And so in studio, you know, we're not calling a talk triangle right now. We are just, I'm, I'm joined with, you know, my close friends, colleagues, you know, people that I count on, people that you should count on. I've got Tim Serianos, and he is the broker owner of Remax Ultimate, as uh, as everybody knows. Um, Remax Ultimate, like they are dead core center Toronto. They're the ones that are actually turning and burning so much down there. Um, you know, Tim's team, uh, awesome, awesome people. You definitely want to make sure that if there's a transaction to be had down in that neck of the woods, they're the ones you go with. Tim also is a former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board, as well as a former director at CREA. Now, the other person, of course, is Dave Butler. And it's a name that is synonymous with mortgages, at least in my, my opinion. Um, you know what? You can't miss when you turn around and you say Dave Butler. You know, there's, there's the one name that I know that I trust the most in mortgages. And, you know, the amazing thing about Dave is that he can focus on so much more than just providing you a cheap rate, okay? He's the one who can guide you. He will advise you. He will educate you. Probably nobody ever in the business that has that kind of knowledge and really, really is worried about you, not himself. And so that's very rare in this industry. So guys, just before the break, we were talking about 2023. Tim, I need your take on the spring of 2023 because i'll tell you you were you were about six inches taller walking in here then oh boy i sure was um but listen once you have that type of policy slash announcement change back to back to back uh, everything that they said they wouldn't do they did yep. and you know nobody in this room and i don't think anybody listening actually predicted that they would actually you know raise rates that quickly and you know be on this mission to really put a complete halt on the marketplace right so where we are right now uh, from the spring coming forward is we hit that critical breaking point where once you look at the current rate plus the stress test it gets to the point where yeah this is where we've teetered to the other side where with the complaints of groceries being too expensive, gas being too expensive, carbon tax, whatever, you know, the discussion is that's going on right now, people just can't fit housing. And the, the, the point of entry is just too difficult, right? I mean, you're seeing it. I'm sure you are, Dave. You know, you're seeing it a lot. So now as we, we've entered the, the summer market post-spring, all those are the repercussions, right, of what happened in the months prior. Um, nobody predicted that we would have this type of slowdown you know, that we reported in the months that followed after that, but it's just a reflection of what happened with the interest rates. So Tim, I'm going to ask you to predict yes. the number of sales in the GTA for 2023. So I want to start off by saying that, not a disclaimer, <laughs> uh, I'm going to start off by saying that we're going to end up this year with the least amount of, of sales since about 2001 or two. And at that time, there were 17 or 18,000 realtors, and there's over 70,000 realtors today. Yep. I just want to paint a picture of hang, where hang, we are. Hang on, hang on. Yeah. Sorry. No, 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 no. Okay, you just went offside there. Because here's the thing. In my opinion, being a realtor back then, yes. there was realtors doing more deals. The problem is you've got so many realtors out there that aren't doing deals. So oh, yeah. No, let's, I'm not, let's, let's, let's no, forget no. about that. Let's talk about the realtor. No, okay. But I'm just giving the example of where you know what the landscape was yeah. of, of the actual business, yeah. right? So we're going to probably fall somewhere around 70,000 you know, 71,000 sales, right. which is about 9,000 less than what I predicted a year ago this time. Yep. Right. Right. And I just want to put it out there because I was looking at 
you know, what I was seeing in the economy, in the market, going from January forward in the spring, then obviously I had to readjust come You're still June. close though. That right? eight, that 80 still would have put us uh, at one of the worst years since 2001 anyway. So you were still, you're still yeah, right no, in the ballpark. There, there's no question about it, right? But I think that there's going to be other things that are going to have a play in the, in the market in 2024. And that is the resignation of our prime minister. Ooh. Ooh. So oh, I'm going to, I'm going to say that, you know, there's the, the opinion of what's going on right now and what's happening right now is there's going to be some type of shakeup at the federal level. So that is uh, playing into an earlier election possibly. So we're going to see a lot of different things that are going to happen, I think, 2024 that, that are going to shake things up. And that's, that's my prediction. That's a bomber. Wow, that's, that's huge. A bomber. Yeah, could yeah. you imagine? I don't think he's going to, I, I don't, I really humbly, this is not a political um, yep. stance of being a liberal, a conservative, <laughs> or NDP. Yep. This is just the mood, the sentiment. This is just, you know, I, I, I believe his, the own party does not believe he'll get him through a next win. Right. So with that, whether it's a graceful one, whether it's self-imposed, whether it's, you know, planned out, it, I, I believe it will be planned out properly. I just think that we're we're looking at 2024 having a different leader of uh, the Liberal Party. Hey, so if we get interest rates down and Trudeau steps down, I mean, can we not then kind of say 2024 is already a big win? <laughs> well, that's that's a whole different conversation, I think. But that's where I'm going with it. And I do, I'm in the camp of April, May being the turning point, right? I believe that uh, Macklin, the, you know, the Bank of Canada is going to continue to use strong language. Yep. Um, but at some point, you know, when you're seeing the extensions of amortizations, when you're seeing, you know, where the numbers are overall, you're going to see a change in the mood and people are going to start coming back into the market, especially when there's that overshooting of an interest rate that I said in the previous, just before the break. Yeah, and I think I think we're probably we like 1.25 should be the total reduction I think in 2024, and I'm throwing that out there as my number, mm -hmm. right? I think that it's quite potentially we're going to see that. Dave's going to jump in on the bond market in a second and tell us where he thinks the fixed rate mortgages are going to go, because I think you know people need to be aware there's two moving targets for for mortgages, and you know being being the Bank of Canada, that's your variable rate, and that's the one that you know people may want to you know hop into just for now while we watch everything start to come down, and that should be where we're looking, and I. I I, like I said, I, I predict April, April, May is going to start with the first quarter point. And Dave, to your point, you know, there's that hawkish tone that we have from the Bank of Canada saying, you know, but be good Canadians, be responsible. But yeah. I think I think what we're going and here's one more prediction that we can throw out there. I believe the Bank of Canada is going to turn around and say that after further reviewing the current inflationary situation in the spring, they are going to come back and say, you know, we believe that we're on the right track. We know that the Canadian families have been suffering. We are going to offer a quarter point as a gesture, but Canadians need to rem be, remain responsible. And I think that that is going to be the announcement. Yeah, it's just when is it April? Is it June? Is it July? Or is it September? Yeah, I I, I 100 percent agree with you. And I actually think they're going to set it up before as well. They're going to do exactly what you said. It definitely seems like you know they're going to want 
you know, I think they've got a lot of hate from the comments they made in 2020 or the promises that I would say the promises made. are yeah, the biggest sure. thing. Yeah. And I think that, um, they'll, they'll set it up. I do agree with you. I think, you know, there's still always a runway of setting these things up on that side using language. And that's why I think we always say, Hey, I'm more interested in the language than I am them pausing because that's going to start to really dictate the tone. But yeah. And you know what? It's interesting when you talk about the bond yields, you know, we always, and, and we've been clear on the show to make sure your listeners understand that the bond yields are actually going to be the canary in the coal mine. That's what's going to tell you what's happening. And we saw, if you remember earlier this year in January, February, we saw the yields starting to come down, some big movements on the downward. But then if we all recall, once, once we saw inflation kind of start to stagnate and even at that point start to move up and look like it was moving up, we really saw a different, we saw the change, right? We saw actually the bond yields start to move up before the Bank of Canada had even made their move in June. So keeping an eye on the bond yields is huge. Right now, I will tell you this, we are in a two month downtrend on these bond yields, okay? So October, early October um, was when we peaked out in terms of hitting the highs and those were new fresh highs. But we are now sitting at levels at the bond yields that we were four different times this year, right? Whether they were caught them on the up or the down, we are now sitting at the same yields. But guess what? Fixed rates actually at the banks have not come down in the same way in a parallel universe. So there's actually more room for the banks, the banks themselves to lower the fixed rates now, but I really do believe they're holding off and I'll tell you why. Because you've got such a long time between the Bank of Canada meetings and you've got all this inflationary data that's gonna come out, and I really don't think you're gonna get the crazy low twos. I do believe you get a little spike upwards in the yields over the next couple of weeks and that's that last, last bit and then Hopefully we get our good news in the new year. Well, and with that thought, we're going to go to a quick break because I need Dave to dive further into this and we'll be right back after this. And welcome back. You know what? We were just left with a cliffhanger and it was by Dave Butler. As of course, you know, Dave Butler mortgage. He is the guy. And fortunately I've got him in studio for our final show of the year. And as we continue on, you know, um, I wanted to make sure that everybody, you know, really got a good idea of what our show has been about. You know, it's been 10 years and joining me, of course, um, as well as Tim Sirianos, and he is the broker owner of Remax Ultimate. And, you know, it's been, uh, it's been one heck of a run. I got to tell you that. I, I've enjoyed doing this show for so many years and bringing it to you, you know, on the weekends and sharing with you, you know, our thoughts, you know, this is, this is one of the things, you know, we like to stir it up. We like to be able to be educational. We try to make sure everybody understands, you know, different viewpoints in the world of real estate. Just before the break though, Dave kind of left us with a little bit of a cliffhanger where he said he might even see the bond yields or the interest rates go up a little for fixed. Yeah, I think you might. I think I look the bond. If you if you're a charting nerd like myself, you can see that there's been quite a quite a run, quite a very volatile run in the last two months onto the downside on the yields, which is good for us for that they're looking for lower rates. But you have to understand, and I always say this: look, there's there's when anytime there's trading involved, there's there's lots of money involved opportunities, you know, chart reading becomes a thing. And I would definitely say that, you know, it, if you look at, and this is very nerdy stuff, but if you look at RSI levels and whatnot on some of these charts, you can kind of see there is room for a bounce upwards. I'm not saying the rates will actually go up, but I actually think the reason the banks are not reducing their rates in the same size as the yields down is because they also know there's going to be one little final spike in the yields. So they're holding off. And I think they're going to want to see 
how much of a spike in the yields there is and how long is it. And again, this is very clear. And I, I noticed this pattern. I'm not saying this because I'm just trying to pull stuff out. I noticed this pattern the last time we had two CPI reports come out before a bank can a meeting. And it didn't make sense to me. But in looking at it and assessing how the traders will look at things as well, because that's the only thing we... Bond market is, a, it's traders involved too. It's not just Bank of Canada making decisions. Bond market involves a lot of, you know, trillions of dollars of money. People have different ideas of what they want to do within that, right? Of course. So. Yeah, and Tim, you know, when when Dave, you know, starts taking a look hard at the bond rate and we know, you know, ideally, you know, people, I, I, I think they're going to be a little bit skeptical going into variable in the, like, far future. I think that, you know, you and I had this conversation that, you know, variable is your friend right now because we've got to watch the, the, the rates go down. I actually think, and I'm throwing this out there and, and Dave will be able to take care of a lot of clients with this analogy, but I actually think that in the future, we're going to see more people once the fixed rates get into kind of more of a normal territory, call it like high threes, kind of four. I think you're going to see a lot more people lock in. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that we're going to go back to that traditional type of you know, mortgage behavior. I mean, the only reason why variable has been such a attractive option is because interest rates being low and people feeling that if I can save a little bit extra and have that flexibility, why would I lock in? But right now we've actually seen people who have locked in now, unfortunately. Sad. And it's very, very sad because, you know, in a year from now, they're going to be saying, oh my God, I have an interest differential if I want to even sell my property, right? See, the difference between Dave and our industry, even though we're married to each other, is that we deal with not the charts. Yep. We don't deal with all that. We deal with the needs of your life. You know, we deal with, okay, you just got married, just got a job, you know, just got divorced, somebody passed away, being relocated. We deal with those typical five, six, seven reasons. And it's not as calculated yep. in, in most case, in most cases, right? Unless you're an investor. Um, but when we're looking at that aspect, I see people right now betting on variable for at least a year or so. And then after we pass that point, we're going to go back to pre pandemic pre, you know, uh, that, that mindset of like, okay, you know, 3.75 is amazing. Yep. Why should I not lock in at that point? Right? Yeah. So Dave, where's the balance point going to be? Cause I know a lot of people are sitting there saying, okay, that's great. But what's Where's our actual target market? And you and I talked about this where I said, you know, I think, I think if our, your variable rates floating in the low threes, I think if our fixed rates are coming in or like high threes, maybe four, I think that that's a balanced market. And that's what we need to achieve. Like we've had so much upheaval in a market, you know, one minute money's free, people go ballistic, you know, they take off their masks, they come running out of COVID, everybody wants to buy, you know, you get speculators in the market, you get people that upsize, you know, like the market was not healthy. And I don't care what anybody mm -hmm. says, I don't believe 21 and part of that early, early, early part of 22 is anything but unhealthy. I think it gave all sorts of false impressions in real estate. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I much preferred, you know, just after Tim was president, of course, you know, <laughs> was, I preferred the 2018, 2019, early 2020s. Yeah. You, you know what? Um, I think we need to, you know, when you're assessing where your quote unquote lock-in rate would be or when it's time to take that longer term, like a five-year fix or something like that, I really think we need to look back at rates and, you know, you bring up a great point. 
do we really, you know, and this is where we need to really look at it. Do we really think there's going to be a fixed rate with a one in front of it? I I don't think so. I mean, if you go back and you look at the last 50 years of rates, the only time that ever happened was once and it was during a pandemic. So, you know, you, you would have to be betting on another pandemic or a massive issue to get in the ones. Are you going to get the twos? Probably not either, right? I mean, the reality is if you look at the last, you know, rates, even in the last 20 years, something with a three, a high threes, low fours. So, and, and, and we can go on, I mean, we can pull clips from many, many shows. We've said for now over a year, if you get a 399 five-year fixed rate back, first of all, I think that brings back a real estate market and it makes it pretty act- active. But I also think that becomes a level at which people would feel comfortable. And Tim, you brought up an amazing point earlier where you said, look, with respect to variable, they're probably going to start locking in early. That's my feeling too, because people have been burned. If you were burned on a variable, you feel like I got screwed by the Bank of Canada. They raised it up so fast. You're not waiting for it to go back to one. You're waiting for it to go to some level that you feel comfortable because you're kind of in panic mode. And when you're in panic mode, you make sometimes not the greatest decisions. But I actually do believe to your point, I think people are going to start locking in early. Hopefully they don't because we need to let the rates settle at where they're going to settle. And and again, where we are, where we have been in 2023 are the bad habits that we, it's a bad diet we had for the last three years, yep. right? Yep. So totally. it's, it's what we put into our system, what we did, our lifestyle choices that created this, you know, this negative reflection of our finances as a whole. Right. And it's not, I'm not blaming everybody listening. This is what you were given. Like we were given this and it's, and it's really hard to hold yourself back from the candy. When you see everyone else, everyone else is buying boats and buying cars. Yeah. I mean, but the candy of low interest rates, you know, and access to it. Right. So I just want to say one more thing, which is really important on this rate topic. You know, they say true leadership. You don't hear, you know, like you don't listen to what they say, you watch what they do. Right. So I'm going to stick to the same thing I said, you know, several minutes earlier that, you know, what they're doing is not increasing right now, right? What they don't, you know, they told you they're not going to raise rates because we'll have a catastrophe. We're going to leave rates this way till 2026. We had like how many increases? Now they're saying they're not going to raise rates, right? Watch the noise. Be careful. Be careful of the noise, right? You have to, you, you know, the one thing that I can really, really say as somebody who's been doing this for 34 years is this. It has to be a lifestyle decision. It has to be right for you. But if on the, on the mortgage side, you bet variable, forget the idea of one point anything. Yeah. Forget, the, forget the idea that we're going to stay at 8.2 as a qualifying rate either. Look at history. Talk to your mortgage broker. Look at what the median is, mm-hmm. right? And make a decision because this window, ladies and gentlemen, this window right now is a window. Yep. And I think, I think everybody needs to identify that. It's very important, Tim's point, because it's an interesting place that we find ourselves today. And if, if you're still waiting for that real estate market to crash, that ship has sailed. Okay, right now, it's just sitting in the harbor. And you know what? You're either going to hop on it or you're not. But if the market starts to shift, it'll be interesting to see how the consumers start to look at real estate and how many people come back into the market. And I think that that is going to be probably our final thought when we come back after the next break. And just so we know, um, so 
The Simple Podcast is, you know, basically a brainchild that I've been putting together for a long time. And it's because we want to be able to turn around and forget about commercials. We want to have the ability of just being able to be completely unplugged, bring in the right people as my guests, co-hosts, things like that. So I'm so excited to be able to bring that to you in 2024. We are live now. You can catch us on our YouTube channel, The Simple Investor YouTube channel. And uh, don't forget, you can also catch it on... The some of our streaming platforms that we do, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, and if not, you know, pick it up on Instagram, uh, The Simple Investor One. And when we come back, we've got our final thoughts. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. You know what? I can't believe it. It is our final segment of the year. And you know what? Here we are. You know, it's been one heck of a run this year. I got to tell you, unbelievable. And, you know, I could sit there and tell you that it's all about me here on the show, but it's not. It's actually about you. It's about giving you the education, but making sure that you understand what's really happening behind the curtains. And I can't do that all by myself. So, you know, so far, the best guess I could possibly have. They've been part of the panel. They're the people I go to. They are the ones who are the industry leaders in each field. Tim Serianos, broker owner, Remax Ultimate, like I said, if you want to be an agent, then that's the place you need to be, especially in Toronto. If you are a seller buyer, there's nobody that's going to take care of you better than the people at Remax Ultimate. And that's for sure. You got to make sure you're there. Tim has a lot of experience. He was the president of the Toronto Real Estate Board. We joke it was he hit it on the downturn, but it wasn't his fault. You know, I blame the government. You know, they threw in the foreign buyer tax. They threw in all sorts of things that, you know, was tough for him to deal with. You know, he still doesn't like the stress test. Who could blame him? And of course, the guy that has to deal with the stress test, <laughs> none other than Dave Butler from, you know, Dave Butler Mortgage. I mean, honestly, he He's the only guy you need to talk to when it comes down to mortgages, but he's the guy that's got to get you qualified, even with that stupid stress test still in play. Now, listen, we know that it did kind of work, Tim, but it ultimately did. you have been a person sitting there saying, look, if the interest rates start going down, why not chop the stress test down a little to make it easier for people? I've actually said that I couldn't stand the stress test when it first came into play because there was no real reason for it at that time. Uh, I mean, who could have, could have predicted to have interest rates drop to those ones and low twos where, you know, at that point, I actually put my hand up right away. We were on the show. I said, there's a need for it right now because I just can't imagine rates staying at this, at this level, you know, forever. And people are buying right now and they could get caught. Um, but right now, I've, I, I'm going to remind everybody again that I said that unless you have evidence that we're going to be at 8% or 82 and you need another 2% above that, there's no reason for you to even consider lowering rates right away as long as you adjust the stress test. Yep. Yep. Adjusting the stress test is keeping, if, if, if the BOC is listening, right? Right off the bat, if you want to keep rates and Canadians responsible, keep rates where they are, but adjust the stress test. Yep. It, that, that makes, to me, that makes complete sense. Keep rates there. Adjust the stress test. So Dave, he, he, he was walking all over your neck of the woods. So love what do you it. think? I love, well, listen, they call it stress test and it's in my business and they always wonder why mortgage brokers are stressed, right? So um, <laughs> look. Uh, Cause they, that's because <laughs> they don't have your business, but okay. Um, yeah, look, I, I think we've all, you know, I think the stress test, when we look at it, you know, we go back, we say it was there for the reason because 
it was more likely at the time rates would go up than down. And I completely understand that. But then what do you do if you are feeling like the likelihood is rates are going to come down? Why would you keep a mechanism that was used for the pressure when it goes up on the same pressure coming down? It actually doesn't make much sense to me unless, you know, unless, and their reasoning would be, well, we don't know, you know, rates could go back to the eights and nines, but it's like, well, hold on. If you're truly doing, you know, and practicing fiscal and monetary policy correctly, we actually should never get there, right? If your inflation target's 2% and you get down there, why would you have to worry about 8 and 9% rates? The only reason why you need a stress test is because we had a 2% interest rate. Yep. That is the only reason why we needed it at, you know, during the last couple of years. And at this point, even if you left it at 1%, mm -hmm. it's still something, yep. right? I say eliminate it because that will just demonstrate that you can keep rates for a longer period of time. And you know what the good thing about that is? You'd win the bet, Dave. I, I because, would. <laughs> because the stress test yeah, doesn't, count, doesn't count as a, as a rate deduction or reduction, right? So I, I might add a couple of years to my life if I don't have to deal with the stress test every yeah, day, though. Yeah, that would be go. cool. <laughs> well, listen, guys, you know, uh, being our final show of the year, you know, I got to tell you, this is, uh, it's been such an honor having you guys on. And uh, I'm going to ask you, you know, each for your, your final thoughts, you know, um, of the year. How you, uh, you know, uh, have you been here? Look at Dave, I'll start off. Have you enjoyed being here? I mean, I love having you, you know, come in as much as possible. Uh, so this is like my fun day of the week. So yeah, I mean, look, I, I even say to my wife the night before, I'm like, hey, you got to pick out what I'm wearing. You know, you got to get, this is, this is, listen, I, I think I'm very lucky. I'm more lucky than the two of you. I get, you know, 34 years, 30 plus years, I get to hang out and talk business, you know, and in, in, in a field that's very interesting to me and what I love to do with two of the best in the biz, um, both investors, both running big operations. So for me, you guys are mentors to me. So very, very, for me, it's an easy answer. I love this. Please, let's keep doing it. 2024, I'd love to just keep getting information out to Canadians. Cool. That is so kind of you. And thank you so much for saying those words, right? Because the True. feelings are, are definitely mutual. I mean, last show I told told you that it's been like four or five years that I've been, you know, th thank goodness from the introduction from being Tread president that I'm here. It's my highlight as well on a monthly basis. I really enjoy participating. I feel like I make um, a very big positive impact, you know, to the people that are, you know, your clients, Todd, you know, you're the people that you represent and do everything like, you know, you talk to every day. And what I love about the two of you is your authenticity and the fact that you wear your heart on your sleeve, you know, you're, it, it's, it's not about the deal and it's, and that resonates with me because you know, that's who I am too, right? It's, it's, it's about reputation. It's about the character that builds reputation and about providing people no fluff, just telling them exactly what to watch out for. Yeah. And you know what, uh, to both of you, I, I can't thank you enough because it is an honor to have people like you join us here on the show. And, you know, this is, this is the thing, you know, as we, as we wrap up the year, you know, it's one of those ones that it's time for reflection. And as I reflect on this show and what it's meant to me, to the people around us, um, again, it's, it's not the purpose of sales. It's the purpose of education. And I couldn't have been more fortunate of having these two gentlemen, uh, be part of the education system because again, there is so much in social media, so much misleading in this industry. There's people that should not be representing certain, you know, attributes of this industry. And it's been, you know, very, I've been very fortunate that for the last 10 years, I've had a platform that allows us to talk 
real real estate and what it should mean to you, what it should mean to the future, the next generation, not just as home ownership, as potential investment. You know, um, home ownership is one of those most amazing things I think people can enjoy. It's not necessarily it's a right. It's something everybody has to earn. You know, it, it, it can't be, you know, with the government making suggestions that, oh, well, everybody should have real estate. We're just going to give it to you all. No, you know why? Because if you just give somebody something, they don't appreciate it. But if you earn it, wow, I got to tell you, I remember the first home I ever owned. Boy, did I ever appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, you know, when we take a look at what it can do, and as the political landscape continues to unfold and change and interest rates, I mean, there's so much more to it. And hence the reason why, you know, I'm, I'm really excited for 2024 and the simple podcast and you know what to, to us it's about being able to even go further to be able to really uncover the real story the real story behind real estate because you know what real estate is a story think about it you know i've always said it's the greatest investment the world has ever known you know, when you think of how far back it goes, it goes back to caveman days where it's like you, this was my cave, okay? And then it was, this is my shed, this is my property, this is everything. And the Lord of the lands, I mean, the history of this, we all had to have a roof over our head. If not, we would not be here today. And that is one of the most incredible things that I can say about real estate is that everybody needs a roof over their head. But the problem is, is that this country, this world is running into more problems than ever before for roofs over people's heads. We've got mass immigration coming into Canada and we don't believe 100% that we've got to control over it and the roof's going over everybody's head. We've had politicians blow up. We've had green space put in, taken out. We've got new provincial leaders that are gonna try to take people on. We've got questionable federal leaders and the funny thing is the narrative always comes back to real estate. And that's the one thing that we here have always been blessed to be part of is the world of real estate. I do want to thank all of you for tuning into the show this year. It's been a real honor to bring it to you and make us the number one real estate talk show. And I wear that very proudly. I do want to thank my producers, Omar, Aiden, and Ian, to be able to produce this show for us every single week. And most importantly, I want to thank you once again and wish you all the best for the holidays and make sure that you are safe. I'm Todd Z. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010.